I work for Pigeon Paradise. It's the biggest pigeon auction house in the world. It's out of Belgium. And they sell the big high-end pigeons, the, the million-dollar pigeons and the half-a-million-dollar pigeons. That's Frank McLaughlin. And believe it or not, he is one of the biggest racing pigeon importers in the world. I just have to stop. You million, there's pigeons that sell for a million dollars? Yeah, this Pigeon Amando sold for a million four hundred thousand dollars. It was a champion racing pigeon. But they sell regularly in Belgium at two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, four hundred thousand dollars is pretty common for a champion racing pigeon. It's amazing. Look, I don't know about you, but I've had a rough couple of months. Almost every state in the country has been in some kind of lockdown for weeks. And now a lot of states are opening up and we're anxious. Yeah. And what's new? It's COVID this, COVID that, blah, blah, blah. We wanted to give you a break. And so this week, we just wanted to bring you on an adventure. For the next 10 minutes or so, let's escape the news and travel together to the wonderful world of pigeon racing. Okay. Sounds fun. Three, two, one. I'm Jacob Lewis. And I'm Cariad Harmon. And you are listening to Neighbors, a show about what connects us. At the end of last year, I went to Massachusetts and got to follow one of the biggest pigeon races in the country. The International Federation of American Homing Pigeon Fanciers held their annual convention in November, and scores of pigeon fanciers met in Attleboro to enter their birds into competition. Buckle up, y'all. This week's story, The Racehorses of the Sky. It's the night before the biggest race of the season, and the Rhode Island Pigeon Club is packed. There are two floors full of silver-haired men in their 60s and 70s. They're laughing, drinking, and there are crates of pigeons everywhere. Do you have any birds that you think stand a good chance of winning this race? How confident you I hope I got a bunch of them, but you don't know until tomorrow. That's the beauty of this sport, you know? We sit in our backyard, we look up in the sky and hope Pretty Boy shows up. There's a long table at one end of the club, and three men behind it are logging each bird and packing them into metal crates. That beeping you can hear is the sound of the pigeons getting scanned in. It's a slick operation. They've got over 500 birds to load tonight. It's already 7.30, and I'm definitely in the way. Let's go. Time to go. We're holding up everybody here. After three solid hours of scanning and packing, the pigeons are loaded into a customized trailer. So what's happening now? These guys all got loaded in? They're all locked up. It's locked. There's no way a bird can get out until they get to the race station in Namara. They'll let them out. They'll fly home. The driver is headed to what they call a liberation point in Rochester, New York. Tomorrow morning, the birds will be released, and that's where their real journey begins. Each pigeon has to fly at least 350 miles to make it home. They're headed for lofts in Providence, Fall River, New Bedford, and Boston. It's a dangerous journey. There are strong winds, hawks, and telephone wires ahead of them. The first one back wins $25,000. My mother hated three things. Motorcycles, pigeons, and tattoos, and I had all three. That's Steve. He and his racing partner, George, have 10 pigeons on that trailer. They've been at this a long time. 
A lot of my friends, when we were growing up back in, in those days, we used to keep, we had pigeons. There was about 13 of us, 12, 13-year-olds. We had birds in our backyard. Just about every house down the south of New Bedford had a pigeon loft. It was just a way of life then. This younger generation, they don't want to spend the time and the effort. They don't want to work. They just want everything to come easy. And pigeon flying isn't easy. It's work. There's always new systems and new scientific ways of doing things. The, the feeding system, medication, it's all, it's all changed over the years. And you, ha- you have to keep reading and stay up with that stuff. And uh, it's knowledge, knowledge and dedication. Steve and George have over 75 years of experience between them. But even so, every race is unpredictable. They're going to do what they want to do. Most of the time they'll come home. Sometimes they won't. You can depend on a few of them, but that bird may be first this week and may never show up again. Do you feel like you're always searching for that elusive bird? There's only been one secretary in the world, and that's what you're looking for in the pigeon world. It's hard to find him. In Rochester, New York, just a few minutes after sunrise, the birds are released. Three, two, one. The driver reported the weather conditions at 8 were partly cloudy skies, south by southwest winds, 38 degrees, and 10-mile visibility. Once you let them go, that's it. They don't belong to anybody. They belong to themselves. The long-distant birds seem to have, uh, you can almost call it courage, to, to stay in the air for 12, 13 hours non-stop flying. You know, that's a mental thing. They have to have that courage. It's incredible. You're right. I mean, if you take a bird 600 miles away from home, no GPS, no street signs, nothing, no maps, it's, that's incredible. Think about it. They're loyal. That's what makes them come home. You know, fly all that distance uh, week after week to come home to their their home and their perch and their uh, their mates. You know. Hi, Steve. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Still waiting. It's 4 p.m. at the pigeon loft, <laughs> and Steve's been watching the sky for an hour. If I get a bird, it should be coming right, right there. Between that tree there... We stand in the yard together and wait for a while. Come on, let's go. The sun is just beginning to set, and the sky is turning a deep blue. Oh. I know they're up there. I know they're coming. Once it gets dark, the birds roost for the night. So if we're going to see a pigeon today, we need to see it soon. I'd like to get at least one anyway in the money. It'd be nice. After all this work and time. and What are you going to do? After almost an hour... Hello, you hear me now? Steve gets a call from his buddy, John. <laughs> John says, you better go to Mike's. <laughs> Are they coming in at Mike's? He doesn't know. Their yet. friend Mike has a lot Bye. more birds in the race. Well, it breaks my heart to leave Steve and his coop, but I want to see a pigeon land. So I hit the road. Half an hour later, I'm in Wareham. Any birds yet? There's a lookout tower in Mike's yard that stands 14 feet above the ground. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I climb to the top... Mike, you're king of the world up here. And stare up at the sky. 
All right, so I'm up in the air in a captain's chair waiting for these pigeons. We've got to get some more while I'm here. I've been at, at, at the house when the birds are coming in. Come on. Suddenly here comes the first bird. Oh, oh. Oh, what? Oh, my God. There's a pigeon coming. Oh, my God. Okay, it's flying directly overhead. It goes right. It, 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 it flies around the cool. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Oh, no. They're screaming, come, 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 come. They're trying to get the darn bird to come in. He's trying to coax him over. He's got this long stick. It looks almost like an enormous pool cue. And he's just flying around, flying around. Oh, he's circling around. He's a gray pigeon. Oh, my gosh. Now he's sitting on the chimney of the house. We've all lost races around, around the coop. You go to the club and you find out your second place by uh, yeah. one second. That pigeon hasn't clocked in yet, right? It's happened to everybody, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. At last, the bird enters the coop. After nine solid hours in the air, he's made it home. Tonight, in the banquet hall at the Dedham Holiday Inn, the winners are announced. And the handler of this magnificent bird is my good friend, Mr. Hassan Prashkov from Steve and George didn't make the winner's circle this time around. And tomorrow morning, when the sun comes up, just four of their birds will finally make it home. The other one's going to come any minute now. It should be coming. I gave Steve a call last week to see how everyone's holding up. And when he picked up the phone, he was literally on his way to ship some pigeons to a race. He says everyone's fine, although his racing partner, George, has decided to retire from the pigeon game. That means Steve is racing on his own this season. Big competitions like the IF convention have been cancelled, but Steve and some guys at the club are still flying small, friendly races. He promised me that everyone is social distancing and taking precautions, which I was very happy to hear. I just love those guys. Pigeons, man. There you go. Well, we will be right back after a quick break to check in on our neighbors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are about to check in on our neighbors. But before we do, Kiriad, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. I seem to go back and forth between feeling really detached from everything and then sometimes it all hits me at once and I find myself wanting to go to bed at about four in the afternoon. Yep, I get it. Um, Is there anybody in particular that you are missing right now? 
I'm really missing my parents at the moment. They live in California and my brother's in Manchester in the UK and my grandparents are in London and we're all just coming to terms with the idea that we might not see each other for a really long time. And that's been really hard on my mum and that's been difficult. But we are Zooming and Skyping and FaceTiming way more than we ever did and that has definitely been helping. How are you holding up? Is there anyone you're missing in particular? Um, well, you know, lots of Zoom stuff mm-hmm. and uh, some a lot for work, but also a lot for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do I miss anybody? Yeah, I miss everybody. Every, everybody. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I live in like a low density area and I can go on walks and I, I've, you know, I've got my new, the neighbors that I wave to and, and some that I talk to from a distance. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been really cool is that I have a group of college friends. It's like three other couples and most of us all went to the same college. And one, one of them put together this song bracket. It's like picture like a March Madness in basketball, but for songs. Okay. And each couple chose their top is either eight or 16. I can't remember. But every few days, a group of them goes head to head and then we all cast our vote. Uh-huh. And it's been so fun because it's like, we've made an amazing playlist, first of all. Second of all, it's been fun because whenever there's a tie, we use Marco Polo, which is like this video app yep. to convince uh-huh. the whole group why our song should win. <laughs> and <laughs> by doing like funny things or a karaoke lip sync video or whatever. And it's just been so fun. And um, mm-hmm. we're we're uh, kind of in the middle of the competition right now. And I can't wait to see who wins. And my top pick, just some little insight into me, uh, was Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me. So, <laughs> you know, judge me if you want. The rest of my list uh-huh. is very fleshed out. But uh-huh. yeah, that's, well, my, that's my jam. It, it's a solid pop song. Uh, that's it from us. So let's check in on our neighbors. That's all I got. Hey guys, this is Lisa from Raleigh. It's the first time I've ever called into a podcast. Um, in fact, uh, your podcast is new to me and I love it so far. Probably because I love all of my neighbors. I'm spending this time, spending lots of time out on my porch. So, get to have social distancing conversations with everybody who goes by. What really got me through this past week, Jacob was listening to your son laugh. Oh my God, now I'm obsessed on YouTube looking for videos of uh, little babies laughing their heads off. It just brings an automatic smile to my face. So keep up the good work, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Hi, good afternoon, Carrion. Uh, this is Joanne DeSembrino. I am a registered nurse, a critical care registered nurse, employed at a um, inner city hospital in Philadelphia. This is uh, the the first time in my career that um, you know I've been feeling uh, you know overwhelmed at times with uh, the workload. The the only fear that we have is um, of course limited you know PPE and I I hope that everybody is aware of that that uh, across the nation you know there is a uh, such a limit in our uh, N95 mask and you know uh, also isolation gowns you know things that we need to protect ourselves to stay uh, healthy so that we can continue to take care of people 
I just wanted to add one more thing, and that is um, how thankful that our staff is to the community that has responded with donations of handmade masks to our staff members. I spoke with one person in particular who uh, had been making beautiful masks and dropping them off at my um, porch once a week. She would drop a bag off for the staff members, and when I, in response, like went to her house and dropped a little gift bag to her, uh, she ran out to say hello. We talked from my car to her front door, and um, she was saying that how helpless she had felt uh, that she wanted to do something. And you know, I, I, I hope that she heard me when I told her how much we appreciated all that she had done for us. Hello, neighbours. Uh, this is Gemma calling in from Brooklyn in a neighbourhood called Crown Heights. It's been really hard and continues to get harder uh, we've been locked down in our apartment um, my husband and I and our two dogs for uh, 10 weeks I think I don't know time all merges into one um, we have no outside space um, we both got the coronavirus in April my husband got it um, because he had to keep going into work, uh, then caught it and was pretty sick for two weeks. And then I got it too. And it was, it was really horrible. Um, I was pretty scared getting it. Um, pretty floored by it for a couple of weeks. And I don't believe that having had it, it means automatically that I have any kind of magic um, immunity. There have been some silver linings. I you know, I have to remember that, you know, running around a Brooklyn neighborhood and literally being the only person on the streets and just some of the sort of simpler things at home. Who knew I liked baking so much? Who knew I could pickle any type of vegetable and it would taste good? I recommend pickling. <laughs> um, some of the time spent connecting with great friends and, um, with family, you know, you get so busy in life that you can let months and months go past and you don't talk to people who are really important to you. And actually what this has made me really realise is that you've got to you got to keep them close. It's really important. You might not physically be able to see people, but it's, we've got each other and that's what counts. So uh, I hope that everybody is, Staying safe and just be smart. Wash your hands. Wear a bloody mask. It's <laughs> not hard. We've got a t-shirt. Just cut the sleeve off. I'll send you one. Um, and be well. And um, thanks, neighbours, for listening to me. Bye. If you have some thoughts you'd like to share, we'd really love to hear how you're doing. Perhaps you could tell us who you're missing these days and why. You can even give them a shout out right here on the podcast. You can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to neighborspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call 615-601-1411. Of course, you can also follow us on all the socials to see what's going on. We've got the Twitter, the Insta and the Facebook. We also have our amazing, thoughtful and generous community on patreon that we call the neighborhood and uh, we're super grateful this week we have a new patron travis hall thank you so much for joining the ranks of the most generous thoughtful wonderful people on the neighborhood thank you so much yes we can't tell you how much we appreciate your support 
This story making business is time consuming and we really just couldn't do it without help. Every single dollar means the world to us. So thank you. As always, our sonic logo is from Dallas Taylor and DeFacto Sound. Uh, his podcast, 20,000 Hertz, is one of my favorite things to listen to these days. Neighbors is hosted and produced by me. And me. Music is from the Blue Dot Sessions and the Free Music Archive. This song right here is by Dan Burns. This week, my dear friends Carly Bruce and Chris Perello provided some additional music in the story. When the pigeons take off, it's their band, Psychedelephant, playing. <laughs> you should find them and listen to every Everything they do, they are so good at music, it is ridiculous. I'm Jacob Lewis. And I'm Cariad Harmon. And we're reminding you to, to get, get to, to know, know your, your neighbors. neighbors. Psychedelephants? <laughs>